Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to begin this morning by asking you a question. And the question is this. What are you filled with? Notice I didn't ask you what you're full of. That conversation might go a completely different direction. No, the question is this morning, what are you filled with? I'd like you to think about your answer for just a moment. Some of you probably answered this question in a very practical way with whatever it was that you ate for breakfast this morning. That's what you're filled with. For others of you, the answer to this question might be anger. Perhaps you got into an argument with a family member or friend this morning. Or perhaps you are angry about something that's going on at work or even going on in our country today. So anger is what you are filled with. For others of you, perhaps the answer is sorrow. After all, today we are observing All Saints Day, and for some of you, perhaps it reminds you of the loved one or loved ones you've lost. The day might serve as a difficult reminder of the person or persons you miss. So that sorrow is what you are filled with. But perhaps you've turned the corner from sorrow or will turn the corner this morning and be filled with gratitude for the time that God gave you with them. Perhaps you are filled with gratitude for their Christian witness to you in their faithful church attendance, Sunday school, Bible class or devotions conducted in the home. Or for the conversations about what life is all about. And how we are to be there to love and support one another. This morning I submit to you that while you may be filled with any of the prior mentioned things, we are filled with at least two things and all of us are filled with them. Two things that couldn't be any more different or distinct from one another. The first of these two things is sin. King David wrote in Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. This is true of King David. It's true of you. It's true of me. And it's true of the people in the church in Corinth. That's one, this is one of the reasons St. Paul wrote his first letter to the church in Corinth. Because of their sin in regard to the spiritual gifts that they received. As Paul laid out the spiritual gifts that we heard in our epistle reading for today, the Corinthians were filled with envy and coveted some of those gifts that they deemed as the favored gifts. Gifts like speaking in tongues, healings, Miraculous powers and prophesying. With their pride, they highlighted this letter of spiritual gifts and by their inventory, they divided them all between gifts that were greater 
or lesser. Between gifts to be desired and those to be ignored. Between gifts to be used for personal advantage and those to be shared reluctantly with the community of faith. No wonder the Apostle Paul reacted this way in verse 1 of our epistle reading. When he wrote, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Uninformed. Meaning to not know or to be ignorant of. The Corinthians' ignorance was shown by their focus on the gifts rather than the giver of all gifts. Their ignorance was revealed in their misuse of those gifts. In their dissensions were found the symptoms of the cancerous selfishness invading the body of Christ at the church in Corinth. Just as it also invaded their own individual lives. Then the Apostle Paul, in this reading, turns their attention to the giver, the gift, and then those individual gifts. The attention of the Corinth members had focused for so long on that inventory list in Paul's letter that in some perverted way, they were not seeing their spiritual gifts as gifts at all, but rather as things that they had earned for themselves. They thought they had no need for a giver beyond themselves, and so their distant pastor writes, beginning in verse 4, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. They receive their gifts from the one giver. The one who is known as the Father, who created them in all things. The one who is known as the Son, who redeemed them with His very own precious blood. The one who is known as the Spirit, who had called them to faith in that triune God. This is the one Spirit who gave the Corinthians their spiritual gifts. This is the one Spirit that gave you your spiritual gifts too. How do we know this? Because this is the same Spirit you received in your baptism and is the second thing with which you have been filled. In your baptism, you were filled with the Holy Spirit and received the gift of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so first into this life, you were born with sin. And into a life of faith, you were reborn at your baptism, filled with the Spirit. That's the second. It's just like St. Paul wrote in Corinthians in the 13th verse of our epistle reading for today. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. 
Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. Through your baptism in the Holy Spirit, you are all one together in the body of Christ. And then Paul, before proceeding on to those individual gifts, he directs the Corinthians to the gift, our Lord Jesus. The good and perfect gift coming down from above. And how strange that this gift came, not wrapped in glory, but in flesh and blood and bone. This gift came in servant garb to live and to serve in the world for the world. This gift of the Father's love was unwrapped as the arms of Christ were stretched out on that cross. And on that cross, the gift of God, the Lamb of God, poured all the sins of the world, including the selfishness of the members of that first church in Corinth, as well as the sin that bankrupts your life and mine today. Christ's triumph over sin, death, and the grave compel us to confess by the Spirit's power that Jesus is Lord. That He is God. That He is God's gift to us and for us. And if the giver has given us the gift, He will certainly give us gifts. Just as He did to the Corinthian church members, And as He has done to the church throughout the whole world in all time and in all places. He will continue to give His gifts to you. Gifts too numerous to inventory or to give and account for. Gifts nevertheless to be used for the common good of the church by our brothers and sisters in Christ. Or the friend or stranger at home in need or off in the distance. As the Spirit of God brings us to faith in Christ and unites us together in the confession that Jesus is Lord. That same Spirit enables us to state that confession with the various gifts that He gives us in our lives, in our callings, and in our vocations. Yes, there are different kinds of gifts, services, workings as friends, families, and colleagues provide ample proof that there is one giver. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father lavishes on us the gift of His love. It's not done as this list for us to look over with envy or spite. It's done through His Word. That we are to spend time in, study, and hear proclaimed. It's the same word that we see with the water in baptism. It's the same word that we hear and see combined in, with, and under the bread and the wine at the Lord's table. That word of forgiveness, through that word, that same Spirit, The body of Christ is filled with the Spirit 
It unites our hearts and lives, our hands and voices in grateful praise and service to our triune God, the giver of all good gifts, and especially the gift of His love through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.